And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Austin Meek, Michigan football writer. I, uh, those of you who don't know, uh, used to cover Michigan, sort of still follow it, uh, but not as close maybe as Austin still does, of course. Uh, and Austin, as is always the case, uh, when we last left you, <laughs> Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are, uh, are, are at it again, or were at it again, I suppose. Um, the whole thing, uh, I believe, I guess through these statements anyway, has, has come to a conclusion. Uh, I, I, suppose, I suppose we'll say in principle. I don't know. Take me through um, sort of where this is at, Austin, where it's been, and uh, your initial thoughts on this go-around of uh, where, the, where the Harbaugh turns, I guess. Yeah, well, first of all, um, we're ahead of schedule, I think. I Last think we are ahead doing of this in February, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's uh, true. Hey, hey, uh, I'll I'll take it. Uh, nice Very to true. have some uh, some resolution to this. Uh, although, as right. you say, there, there's still some. Still some details to work out. Um, as I understand it, uh, the announcement last night, it, it, was, uh, it was not an agreement on a contract extension or, or anything of, of that nature. Um, you know, as, as we know about uh, Jim Harbaugh, he kind of works on his own time frame. And uh, when, when he makes up his mind, then, then things happen. And um, right. as I understand it, he just picked up the phone yesterday and uh, called the president, uh, the university president, not, not the athletic director. Right. Which is, an interesting thing that we can talk about, but yeah. uh, the bottom line is uh, Jim Harbaugh's coming back. Uh, we've we've been here before. We probably <laughs> will be here again. Uh, but for for right now, Michigan fans can exhale, uh, take a deep breath, and, and start looking ahead to next year, which which has the makings of being a uh, potentially a pretty pretty special. Yes, season. absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um... God, it, it literally was, I did look at it this morning, and you're right, we're like two and a half weeks ahead of schedule, because I was at the Senior Bowl last year, and I go to the Senior Bowl in like two weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever it is, so like, I think I wrote a story about the whole thing, uh, like, this has to stop, this sort of like, nonsensical communication, and this ridiculous behavior, it has to end, and I still stay, I still stand by that, I 100% still stand by that, that it's not sustainable. But like Austin, like you just said, uh, a year ago, the case was as it is right now. They're bringing back a loaded ass team with a manageable, you know, schedule up front and a lot of confidence going into, you know, at the end of the year where a three-peat Big Ten championship absolutely looks like it's possible. So um, I get the here and now of it. I get the sort of stance that Herbal maybe wants people to – take from all of this, I suppose, <laughs> or whatever we want to say. But at the end of the day, I will say it again, Austin, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we go any further. Uh, this is not sustainable. It's just not. And, you know, this was another vanity project, in my opinion, uh, based on conversations I've had with people that he wanted to see if he had interest from NFL teams. Uh, I believe he had some sort of um, a Zoom interview conversation and then maybe some more conversations with the Broncos. 
And I believe he went to Carolina to either talk with the Panthers on his own, like did it himself or was invited. I'm not sure to tell them he wasn't invited, but more or less, this was the same as it was a year ago uh, by all things I uh, understand it to be. And that he really didn't have any offers or I'm sorry, he really didn't have any like serious interest beyond we, we'd like to maybe have you come in for an interview and he wasn't going to do that. Jamar Bustle believes he's an offer-only coach, and that's just not how the league works anymore, and so he's back at Michigan. Um, also, am I wrong in any of that? Does any, <laughs> any of that like uh, backtrack or, or go off base on what you sort of think happened here? No, that, that, all, tracks, that, that all tracks for me. And I was curious to ask you, you know, as yeah. somebody, you cover the NFL now and, and talk to people right. in NFL circles a little bit more. It was hard for me to know exactly what to make of Jim Harbaugh's candidacy in Denver right. you know we we saw some reports from from reporters out of Denver you know describing him as as one of the top candidates or you know a legitimate yeah. candidate legitimate for the candidate, job right? yeah um you know at the same time Jim Harbaugh interviewed on Zoom uh more than a week ago right uh, it, it certainly was not a case where <laughs> Denver was like all right call off the search we have our guy you know don't right. need to interview anybody else I mean they're, they're still going to talk to Sean Payton apparently still going to talk to Dan Quinn so you know wherever Jim Harbaugh was in in the mix of candidates in Denver uh it certainly was was not uh I, I wouldn't describe him as the front runner by any means and right. so it, it just it, you, you do have to wonder where where was he in in their mix you know, is part of the reason that this announcement happened uh, because he had a sense of where that search was going or, or was part of it just Jim Harbaugh, you know, deciding in his own time that he just didn't want to do this yeah. anymore and he was ready to commit to coming back to Michigan and, and working out the details. I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think that he was um, a legitimate candidate there? Well, I think it was probably both, right? I think that legitimate candidate and then yet that yeah they i think that they wanted to talk to him i think that they were interested in bringing him in and sitting down with him but i mean like the, the situation that the nfl is today is not the same as it was when he left and this is another oh we've talked about this a thousand times austin harbaugh has a hard time remembering that change happens outside of his world and it, <laughs> whether or not it directly impacts him is sort of like irrelevant to the conversation back in the day you know, uh, teams could have short lists and like a guy they wanted basically picked and they'd get away with it without really even having to go through much of an interview process. I mean, now you see the Colts are interviewing like 14 people, something like this, 12 people they've already brought in, I think, for their job. The processes are much more thorough today than they used to be. He saw that. Harbaugh saw that last year when he went to Minnesota. They brought him in for the interview. And everyone remembers how this went down by now. Everyone listening here. Uh, he goes in for the interview. Um, it goes about as well as you probably would expect it to go. Uh, I believe in the middle of it, uh, something goes either off schedule to where he thought it was going to go, or the Vikings were kind of like, okay, let's maybe bring you back here next week and talk again. And he was like, okay, well, there's not going to be a next week. This is it. And then he decides, okay, I'm leaving and I'm going back to Michigan. And I don't necessarily think it was my heart's at Michigan. I want to be at Michigan. It was no one in the NFL is interested. This is where I need to be, but I'd still like to be recruited if all things are, if all things are equal. And that's where this was. So, I mean, yeah, I think he was a candidate. I think his candidacy this year was probably higher than it was a year ago and that he probably would have had the opportunity to go have some more conversations with people, but it would have required him, I think, to have really sold himself and really come up with like a plan 
more than he was probably willing or ready to do. Does that make sense? Like to, for these jobs, because I, I, I think that he, his impression last year and, you know, somebody I can see that we've got some comments in here, people asking about agents and he did have um, representation working on his behalf with NFL teams this year. He did not last year. Uh, and I think last year, he believes he was sort of just like, it wasn't the process the way he wanted it to go this year, maybe try it again. I mean, I, yeah, I think that the, the his candidacy was up, but it's also like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, that's the question, right? Where it's like, he's just, he's checking his stock every year at the end of the year to see if he has any avenue back and he doesn't want to be tied down. And I think that's why this continues to happen. The only real surprise in the of this is that I guess, and maybe that's a surprise also, I guess I asked to do the same thing or the hitch in this is like, he said last year to Adam Schefter, this is not going to be a thing again or whatever. And now I guess he's taking that off the table and it's just going to be a thing. I don't know. Where where does that land on, on the whole situation? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I'll, I'll be curious to know. I'm sure that he'll he'll be asked that exact question is, you know, hey, what happened? Does it, yeah. We talked to Jim Arbaugh last last March, the, you know, the first time we talked to him after he interviewed in, in Minnesota. and He made it pretty clear at that time that, um, he, he wanted this to be a, a one-time thing. He felt like the door was That's closed right. on, on NFL and, uh, door, door wasn't closed. Doors, doors still open. You know, the thing I wonder, Nick, and I'd be yep. curious for your thoughts on this, you know, I don't think that Jim Harbaugh is ever going to completely close that door for himself. I think there's yep. always going to be a part of him, even if he coaches the rest of his career at Michigan and, and retires at Michigan, I think there's always going to be a part of him. Uh, that still kind of yearns for that yeah. opportunity to get yeah. back to the NFL, but but I wonder has has the NFL closed the door? You know, is is there? Could you see? You know, say Michigan wins the national championship next year. You know, say everything right. goes exactly according to plan. Michigan goes undefeated, wins the national championship. Are we talking about Jim Harbaugh now as as a candidate? You know, after three great years at Michigan as somebody who's you know, really an in-demand candidate in the NFL or, or has that time just passed? I think that like, so I think that, I think that that's possible. I think it's possible. And I think that's why this is like going to be difficult for people as long as this continues on at Michigan, because it's possible. I don't think it's impossible. Jim, you know, these owners can be different and they can be hard to predict. And, um, you know, Ursay was the one this year that you really, you still wonder about what they're going to do there in Indianapolis and, uh, you know, is that going to be a long, you know, so I think things go year to year and you just never know. But if you were to do this again for a third straight year and win the big 10, and then maybe like say Austin, like what if they go finish the job and win the title, right? Like he makes the necessary adjustments and they, you know, they're, they're rocking and rolling. Like, yeah, I think his candidacy would probably go up, but like I just said, it, a lot of it would depend on him. Like he came into the process two year a year ago, really flawed and not understanding what the whole deal was. Cause I think he's always sort of, kept like a slight eye on what his market value would have been. But last year was the first time he really wanted to explore it. We've reported and talked about all the reasons why uh, a year ago. And then he found out that, you know, things have changed. You got to interview, you got to come in and compete. Like it's different now, you know, it's not the same as it used to be. Like your name just doesn't, you just can walk in the door, Sam Jim Harbaugh and you hire me. Like that's just not how this stuff goes. So I think a lot of it still depends on what, you know, his sort of willingness is going to be to attack a job. Because, like, that's the thing I that, that I keep coming into my head here. Like, he went to Minneapolis last year, got on a plane and expected to land, expected to land and come home and tell everybody he'd, he'd gotten that job and he was going to the NFL. That's my understanding of how that went. I don't think he's denied that to anybody. 
And it didn't go that way. And, you know, obviously that's just not how it works anymore. It's not, you don't, you, you can't let, let him get off the plane or le- let him leave the airport or whatever the hell the old saying used to be. And I do wonder sometimes if like, that's, you know, part of the issue here. And if he's, you know, I, I don't know. So I think that long, long answer there, the candidacy I think will be there if he wants it to be. But the question I have is, is he going to be willing to like really go into it and say, here's my plan for an NFL team, this, that, and the other, this is what I've thought about. Was he willing to do that this year? I don't really know. But that also really doesn't mean anything now because he is, in fact, back. And I guess that brings me to my next question, Austin, because my understanding, and I'm curious if you have the same understanding here, is that throughout this whole process, it was revealed again that he wanted to talk about a a contract. Um, And Michigan has been more than willing to do that. And I believe will be willing to pay him, you know, whatever, whatever people, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but tops in the big 10 or somewhere close to that, whatever the thing ends up being. But the buyout to my understanding was this was as of a week or two ago was going to be significant. Like it wasn't going to be any more of this, like you just, you just come and go as you please whenever you want type situation. I mean, what's your understanding on that whole thing? Yeah, that all, that all tracks with what I've been told. Uh, And I don't know what the exact numbers are going to end up being. I mean, obviously there were a couple contracts or, you know, one contract at least in the big 10 that was signed last year that really, Kind of threw yep. the market out of whack, so right. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't expect Jim Harbaugh to sign a Mel Tucker contract necessarily, uh, no, no. but but I think in terms of you know both the money he's guaranteed and and then the money that he can earn in incentives, um, he he does belong, you know, at or near the top. I mean, I, I wrote the other sure. day that um, there's basically three coaches in college football that you know you justifiably would say should be paid more uh, than Jim Harbaugh. <clears throat> you know, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney. And after that, I, I think Jim Harbaugh has a case to be paid as much as anybody just based on his accomplishments mm-hmm. the last couple of years. But yeah, the, I, the buyout, I think, is, is an important piece of that. Um, because his buyout in this deal was $3 million. It had dropped to $2.25 million, uh, by right. by this week. And that's you know, that's not going to be much of a d- deterrent if, if somebody wants to offer him a job. And a, at least I think we'll see uh, that buyout high enough that somebody's going to think twice. Um, and maybe that will help to tamp down some of these rumors and, and speculation that that seems to come up every year. You know, we've had several questions come in in, in the comments. And I think it's a it's a good question of how how much of this do you think uh, was related to? Jim Harbaugh trying to leverage his situation for something at Michigan, you know, not, not necessarily just more money, although obviously money matters to everybody to a degree, but either, you know, a, a, a better NIL program, more administrative support, just, you know, respects and power and yeah. all those things that, that come into it. What, what do you, what do you make of that? I think the last couple words you said there, like respect and power and, and all that stuff like I think that is probably what he's interested in more than anything else uh like people really wanted to make a big deal uh, or a bigger deal about like I do this job for free I don't care about money and all that and like the I would do this job for free is real that part of it's real and I'm, I'm about to explain that to you like if Jim Harbaugh is 87 years old and has no job and is bottomed out and like, you know, whatever. And somebody's like, I-, I will coach your team for free. This is what he wants to do until he's not be able to like move or live anymore. Or like, right. Coach football. I will do this job for free to him is literally a thing that 
that he believes in and I think is is not a lie when he says it. However, for him to insinuate in the same breath that money doesn't matter, he doesn't care, is just like the most disingenuous thing ever because, yeah, it absolutely matters and always has mattered to him since day one. Uh, they made a big, big deal about he's only taken $5 million when he came here from the 49ers, the exact same money he's being paid from Jed York to stick it to Jed York, even though in the next breath, well, we're going to add a $2 million uh, insurance policy. You know, I mean, like, it's always mattered. Where his standing amongst his peers matters. How uh, how he's viewed in the NFL uh, absolutely to him matters. I think his legacy in coaching, his legacy in football, he and his family's legacy, his brother, his dad, the whole thing. Like, Austin, I, this is something that I thought about a lot. I haven't really talked about it much with people, but I know I've talked about it, I think, with you. There's part of me that wonders if Jim Harbaugh sees – Kyle Shanahan uh, having all the success with the 49ers, include, that includes Jed York. Uh, there's part of me that wonders if he sees Trent Baalke in the playoffs. Uh, and if that bothers him. And I think that those are all things that go into the equation, because a bunch of people have talked about it here in the comments too. When you hire Jim Harbaugh, this is just sort of what you get. You get the full package. And so to answer the question earlier, do I think he was doing this with the intent of um, – trying to get something out of Michigan? No, not really. I think he was doing this with the intent of establish, reestablishing his dominance and leverage over I'm the reason why this thing has been fixed and you guys, you being my immediate bosses and supervisors, some of you who doubted me need to know that, even though I think most of them would say, we told you that last year, we apologized, whatever it would have been. And I just, he needs to be competing, right? I think that part of it, Austin, I think is he views himself as like a player. Um, he's checking his value at the end of the year, just like his players do. That's what he's going to say again, whenever he gets tied down and asked about it. And, um, yeah, there's some of it that is, you just have to deal with this, but to, to go back to our original point, I just don't know how, how sustainable all of it is. I'd be interested to see what this contract says. And I, we've had questions in the chat here about like, would Michigan do something about a coach in waiting? Would Michigan do something about like a, an exit plan? Because that's my, every time I have a conversation with anybody about all this, it's like, what's that? What's that going to look like? I mean, he's not getting any younger, and he's at. I mean, he's terrific. They've had a terrific run. Uh, the staff's been awesome, but I mean, we don't know how how long or sustainable any of that is, and I don't know that there is any sort of. And he'll he'll never sit down to to agree to something like that. So I'm very curious to see what this contract looks like. Um, and beyond that, though, I guess to the next point or whatever, it's like people are now questioning us, and I'm going to ask you the same thing, like. What does this say about his relationship with Roy Manuel? I know that you touched on that in your story today. Uh, I think you had a funny line in there about how maybe Ward was celebrating off to the side while uh, Harbaugh and the president made their uh, Twitter statements, which was weird. But uh, anyway, your thoughts on all of that, what that means there. Ward has not exactly had uh, the smoothest couple of years here, uh, you know, overall, not just with football, of course. Um, a lot of things have happened. I don't know. What's, what's the whole situation there as you see it? Yeah, you know, I, he, something you brought up just a minute ago, which I think is, is totally, totally true and, and really describes this situation, you know, and I, I think that you've said this to me before, that in any situation with Jim Harbaugh, you know, there's always a winner and a loser. Yeah, um, always. And going back well, to 2020, yeah, exactly. That That is his, you know, that is the competitive fire that he has, that he does absolutely cannot turn off. <laughs> that is burning all the time with him. So, you know, if you go back to 2020, um, when when Jim Arbaugh took that pay cut and came back to Michigan, I think 
probably, if anything, about that. It, it wasn't so much the money, uh, more of, of the message, you know, the fact yeah. that Jim Harbaugh publicly, you know, had to just sort of swallow his pride and, and accept that that was the situation that he was in, you know, in, in terms of, you know, his reputation around the game and, and the perception of him taking that pay cut and coming back, you know, it was a pretty clear sign that he was not in a position of strength at that right. time. Michigan's yes. administration and Ward Manuel, they were they were kind of holding the cards at that point. All of them, you know? right. Yeah. And that was a hard thing, I think, for Jim Harbaugh. So what happened the next offseason? Well, all of a sudden, Michigan has a great year, and Jim Harbaugh's holding the cards again. And he's looking around, and he's interviewing in, in Minnesota, and it's February, and everybody at Michigan is like, you know, on pins and needles, like, what, what's he going to do? And all of a yeah. sudden, he's got the cards again um, until, <laughs> until the very end right, know, until he when he, he kind of has to come back with tail between <laughs> his legs uh, and call Ward Manuel and say, if you'll have me back, I want to come back. Right. Um, so you know, now, we're, you know, now we're at this offseason. Jim Harbaugh's, you know, got got a little, you know, got two great seasons under his belt now. Probably feeling like he can explore his options a little bit more. Um, and and you know, in terms of where the balance of power sits right now, you'd have to say um, that Jim Harbaugh and and the new president are are coming out of this, you know, look looking pretty good and pretty aligned. And then the question is. Where, where does Ward Manuel fit in the picture? Because he, he was not, you know, a, a visible part of, of any of right. these discussions. You know, I, I touched on it in the, in the column today. And, you know, and I know you, you know, you wrote about this a couple of years ago. The, the relationship with Jim Harbaugh and, and Ward Manuel is, is not, not great. Um, no. You know, they, I think they have a working relationship. Um, but that may be about it. And, you know, look, in some ways, I think it is, <laughs> it's an achievement for, yeah. for Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel both to still be at Michigan. After oh, yeah. You're not kidding on that, man. <laughs> the track point. record is like, these things just don't last that long. So right. you know, they, they probably yeah. both had to work at it to get this far. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Where does this go from here now? Do you think that those two can coexist? Do you think that they can they can fix this, or is this a sign that you know Michigan's going all in with Jim Harbaugh and and maybe not with Ward Manuel? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that you know there's always this like frustration with the athletic director at Michigan. It, you know, there's been the frustration with the athletic director at Michigan, as far as I can tell, dating back to when this the thing became a you know it's just it, it always right like and. Jim and Ward have, like you said, Austin, I think they've always had a working relationship, a respectful relationship. I think Jim was very upset and hurt by uh, even the notion that, you know, the pay cut and all the things that came with it. uh, I don't think that helped anything. I don't think that he necessarily also appreciated the fact that Ward Manual was job evaluating him. I, if that makes sense, I don't think, and this is just me saying, I don't, no one's ever told me this. You know, I just from talking to people, the sense I was got was I just like, I don't think he was, res- I don't think he respects Ward on that level of like a football sense of like, there's no one here that can evaluate me on football. So the next closest thing would be the president of the university. That's the only person I'm going to answer to, period, the end of story. Like, I, I think that's how he wants it to be. Uh, and Mark Schlissel was just not, like, interested in that at all. And I think that oftentimes what you saw there was, like, he had nowhere to go over Ward's head to, and this is what's happened. So now, yeah, I, I guess I would question what does this mean for Ward Manual because um, I think that's fair to ask. Like, if he's not – and this is a – this is a like you said, Austin, it's impossible to ignore if you're just a public – you know, fan or a donor or someone who looks at this on the outside looking in, like, what is this? I don't know what this means. This doesn't look like they're aligned at all. And no one has really said anything otherwise. I think they can salvage. I think I certainly think they can work together. But my question would be is like, does Ward Manuel want to work like that? Because Jim's not going to want to answer to him. He's not going to want to answer to any athletic director. And that's going to be the end of the day. I mean, you know that. I mean, you've been around Jim now for, uh, what is this now, four years going on 40, something like that. So you know what I'm talking (laughs) about. 
Carbot years, yeah. The, the, yeah, the, he's not uh, going to answer. A I, don't more, care, yeah. I don't care who they hire as, as AD. He, I mean, he had to point himself. He's not going to answer to an athletic director on football decisions or, or, or be judged by an athletic director on what is best for Michigan or whatever any of that is. That's not going to happen. And I think at the end of the day, that is a root issue on a lot of this. Because there's been a lot of flexing and posturing. and That's all the stories you hear, right? A lot of these little messages being sent and all this BS. A lot of it is that. I just think Harbaugh, it was the same thing in San Francisco. The same thing in San Francisco. You, Trent Baalke, are not going to tell me what is a good or bad football decision. Jed York owns the team. I will listen to him and him only, and that is it. And that was the crux of the thing that broke the dam that was unsalvageable. And that's what this has become, I think. And it's not that they don't like each other, I don't think, like as people. I think that they get along and respect each other as people just fine. But I just, I think it's almost like, it's not even really about Ward as much as it is about Harbaugh's just like, you're not going to, there's not going to be someone here that's going to judge me or tell me what I have to do to keep my job. I'm Jim Harbaugh. You don't tell me, I tell you. Like that, I think, is what is at the root of this. And so the question I have now on that one would be like, what does it mean for Ward? What does Ward Manuel sort of want to do? I I almost wonder if like if he's interested, right? Like uh, you know, I don't know. And, and I guess the future for Michigan football, so and I it, right now, I guess until we see this contract, sort of hinges on well, they're going to load it up again next year. They're bringing everybody back. We'll see what happens, and then I, I don't know, right? And it's like, and I think that that's like this thing that just you did it once, you did it twice. Okay, you're going to do it a third time. I mean, like at some point. And some point is coming, right? We've talked about, you and I have talked about this. There have been recruiting, there, there have not been a capitalization of the of the high school recruiting. Now they've done it with the transfer portal and maybe that balances out and changes some things going forward, but it's going to be tougher. You're making it harder on yourself and it's going to get harder and harder and harder the, the more that this happens because we know how college football works. We know what this game is. Um, you know, the sport changes a lot. Maybe I could be wrong in the future on that, but I just don't think that's a good thing for business to be doing this every year. And I don't think he's going to want to be told you can't do this every year. And it doesn't seem to me that Santa Ono is going to tell Jim Harbaugh anything ever <laughs> based on what we've seen so far. So I don't know. Like, I, I guess I pivot back to you on, like, <laughs> next year is a big year. But, like, beyond that, and I know that that's, hey, that's how Harbaugh loves it. That's why they're great. That's why they've been in this groove. It's like all you have is tomorrow and everything after that is whatever. It doesn't really matter. So that's how they'll keep going, but I just I don't know if that's great for the health of a college football program in the long term, right? I, that's the question here. Yeah, I, you know that's one reason why I'm really curious to see what this contract looks like because exactly. yeah. if if you're if you're paying Jim Harbaugh for what he's done the last two years, then he he deserves a pretty significant contract. But oh yeah, you know I, that's not the way ideally you think about things, right? Like you want to pay for what you're going to get in the future not right. what you've already gotten. And I think that's the question is, you know, if Michigan has to pony up for a for a really massive contract extension for Jim Harbaugh, what realistically, uh, what's the realistic return that, that you can expect on that? Uh, because, you know, like you said, this team that's coming back for, for 2023, I think has a chance to be Jim Harbaugh's best teams. Um, the last mm-hmm. two years were both re- really good teams and, and next year's team is going to have to, you know, obviously um, accomplish a lot if it wants to be mentioned in the same breath, but just in terms of the talent level that's going to be on the field, 
it's it's going to be a pretty loaded team, uh, yeah. especially on offense. I mean, they basically have um, almost everybody yeah. coming back on offense, including you know Blake Corum, who might be the best player in the country next year. Um, so they're going to be really good, and and I think it's certainly realistic to talk about a national championship next year. Um, it looks to me just looking at it right now, and and obviously things change rapidly, but. It looks to me right now that, that they may be in for some rebuilding after next year, um, depending right. on who comes back and who goes. I mean, they, they could lose a lot after next year, um, or they could lose, you know, some. Um, but at some point, you know, I, I think that Michigan is going to have to kind of um, rebuild the foundation a little bit. You know, part of what's given yeah. them their edge the last couple of years is um, – with Michigan's approach to NIL, and I know everybody's interested in NIL, and, and we can talk about it a little bit, but yeah. Michigan's really made an emphasis on uh, rewarding and retaining the established players. And right. I think with Blake Corum coming back, that's a great example of that. I mean, that's a perfect use of NIL right there to be able to retain a great player who you know would have been drafted, probably a day two draft pick, but he's going to come back and and he's going to get a nice NIL check and be, you know, the focal point of a really good college football team, and and that's you know that's kind of how you imagine NIL could work. Um, well, eventually yeah. your your great players are going to move on. Exactly right. And so, how are you you know developing and and signing the next wave of great players when when you're a lot of your focus is on retaining your established players. I think that's going to be an interesting thing moving forward. Yeah, there's not really much balance there. And I think that's been the problem. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's been the sort of frustration, I guess I should say. Maybe I don't know if you know if I call it a problem. But like the frustration with people uh, at Michigan in terms of NIL, I think there's a lot of confusion on what NIL is or isn't or whatever or what it should mean or shouldn't mean. Um, but obviously, like, like you just nailed it, Austin. I think Michigan's approach, and I actually wrote about this a little bit for, I think, tomorrow. We I touched on a bunch of some of the top players in the country that are coming back. That includes Corum, uh, Olu Prashano from Penn State. Um, and Michigan's NIL approach, from all I can gather, is – and I think it, I think Notre Dame is going to do – is going to have a similar situation with this. I think you'll see something like this with Ohio State whenever it can. I think certainly – I think they tried with C.J. Stroud, right, and it didn't work. But um, is like you just said, Austin, is to have a really good plan in place to where your best play, your best juniors, the guys you've spent all this time uh, recruiting and developing, and Ben Herbert has spent training the Josh Uches of the world. You are always going to now be able to buy back. So you're never going to. Michigan had a Harbaugh had a horrible stretch with this. You know, losing Rashawn Gary after three years, losing Devin Bush after three years, losing. I think Winovich maybe had another year left. I think Mo Hurst maybe had another – like all these guys that were like third-round picks. Rashawn and Devin were different, but like a lot of these guys, uh, they could have bought him back. And, you know, that's what frustrated him, I think, so much when he came back here is he recruited a really good base in 2016 and 2017. It was a really good, really good two-class run. And then those guys really did their job. They had, you know, they, they had a great season and uh, – in 2016, it wasn't as good or whatever, I suppose, the next year. But, like, you know, and then the, and then they turned pro. And it was just, like, they're gone. And he was like, well, what the hell? Like, this is not <laughs> kind of what I thought this was going to be. But there's got to be some sort of balance because now you do have the unique situation of Harbaugh's eye for talent paying off. And you're getting the full reward of that now is that you're able to find these guys 
that they find that, you know, are from the quitty pays of the world and these guys that are a no-star recruit that develop into what they develop in. And now you have a chance to keep them for as long as possible, right? Uh, if, they're, if they're not like slam dunks in the NFL. But the thing that's going to keep Georgia where Georgia is and Bama where Bama is and all that is, like you said, Austin, is recruiting out of the high school level, is making sure that you're still bringing in enough talent at the front end to match what is there on the back end. Because you just said it, in two years, they're going to, you know, after next year, they're going to lose everything. Uh, and they're not going to have much by way of, like, game experience coming back. It would have to be portal or you're just going to rely on your, your freshman coming in. And it's not, that's not been the case here. They have not had top five recruiting classes with this sort of success in terms of the high school recruiting. So recruiting has sort of split, right. in like two conversations It's interesting, but I don't know what, are, like before we wrap up, I suppose uh, on this one, uh, give me your, your, your thoughts on that, the NIL situation, and then maybe how you see this going next year. Yeah. I mean, there's been a ton of interest, you know, if among fans, like that's probably the number one thing people ask, you know, when I talk to fans and stuff is about Michigan's NIL approach. Um, I mean, they, I, I think that maybe Michigan's gotten a little bit of a bad rap. I, I think that they have been more proactive on NIL yeah. maybe than, than some people realize, you know, what they Shocking. did with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know what they did with that, with that one more year funds, uh, for right. the draft eligible oh, yeah. guys. I mean that you know that that was a pretty aggressive um, a pretty aggressive move that was you know kind of in that gray area of like you know it's not supposed to be an inducement it's not supposed to be pay for play <laughs> everybody's kind of got their creative ways to get around that but I mean that, you know I, yeah, I think you got to be willing. Was that Jerry Wangler? Was that those guys? That was them, right? Yeah, that was that was right. Yeah, guys. yeah, the uh, the valiant guys. Um, yep. So look, I mean, one thing that I've I've realized is that. You go around the country, every every school I think in every fan base, aside from like Georgia and Alabama, maybe like when, yeah. when they don't sign a player, it's like, oh well, our NIL sucks. <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah, we haven't figured it's, it out yet. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but I do think you know the one thing I'll say on that is I do think there's something to the fact that Michigan, I think, ha- has sort of drawn a line in the sand that. Michigan's not going to be the school that's like offering the most upfront to right. a high school player. Um, it's at Michigan. It's much more about like, Hey, come into the program, uh, earn your way up the, you know, up the chain, like establish right. yourself. And you're going to have the opportunity here uh, to make as much or more as, as anybody. Um, right. But, but players have to be willing to, kind of bet on themselves, you know, and come in and earn it rather than, than getting it up front. That that's at least the way it's been described I to think me. That's, a, that's unique. Right. And I think that that's, well, I mean, I don't know how unique, but I think that that's cool or that's who they are anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the deal yeah. at Florida with, with the quarterback who supposedly was offered $13 million and then the deal <laughs> fell apart. And it's like, I think that's the kind of thing that Michigan's trying to avoid probably right, for good reason. Yeah. Um, so can you can you steer clear of that kind of thing and still sign you know the the four and five star players because you know you're you're totally right that part of what has made Michigan so successful the last couple of years is they've been really good at evaluating those oh, yeah. you know top five hundred guys who aren't maybe four star players but yeah, turn into really good players. Yeah, there's not five Michigan. coaches in the country that are better than that, better at that yeah. than him. And I will criticize Jim Harbaugh and Solikowski about a lot of stuff. But yeah, no. Go, continue. Sorry to interrupt, but that is that yeah. is the point of points right there. Yeah. So so it, it seems like the formula for Michigan has been if you can sign, you know, like every couple years, 
you need to sign some game changers. You know, you need to get a Will Johnson. You need to get yes. a J.J. McCarthy or a Donovan Edwards. But you don't need to get like 10 of them every year. You just yeah. got to get, you know, a couple of them. And then you got to develop your your kind of mid-tier prospects that can turn into draft picks. And so I guess I'm curious to see, is that going to be sustainable for Michigan in this new environment of, of college football? Or are they going to have to tweak that formula a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate question, right? And I, it's fascinating. The whole thing is really fascinating. And I know that people, it sucks for you know people in your shoes and fans that have to go through the what's happening here because everything pauses when something like this happens, of course, every year. But at the same time, like, even as we're talking here, there's so much change happening right now. Uh, and there's going to be more within these next, like, five years that it's it's just, it's, I think that there's still a level of let's just get through the next X, whatever. And that's a short window from a lot of schools because, you know, for a lot of them right now, it feels like survival time. And, you know, we'll see what happens with big 10 expansion, SEC expansion, all that. But like, I mean, I don't know where this is going to go. And the greatest point of all, and, you know, we just said the one about, you know, Harbaugh's eye for talent. And part of the reason, the other part, that makes him unique and great is his willingness to just like go into uncharted waters and uncharted territory and see what happens. Like nobody is better at sorting chaos as a coach than him. Um, it's, it's, I, that's why I argue they struggle in bowl games. Uh, and in the play, the more time he has to prepare, oftentimes you see they'll overthink, but if it's rocking and rolling week to week, bang, 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 and nobody's better. And that's why if you're Michigan and that's why if you're Santa Ono, I, I, I got why they were like, okay, well let's just write it out. Let's just see what happens. Who cares? Who cares what it looks like? Let's just see what happens and go forward from here. And, you know, I got to think that that's kind of kind of that contract, I think, is going to reflect that a little bit. I could be wrong, but I don't see any super huge long term type things coming up here. I think that all parties know what's coming up down the road here next season. Like you said, also a great team, great chance to win a lot of games. Um, And then after that, I guess we'll see. And that's just how it's going to be. Right. I mean, I don't know. You got any other thoughts here before we ride out? No man, uh, you're uh, you're welcome to come on back anytime you want to uh, join me on Harbaugh Watch next Well, year. hey, look now. I mean, I say this every year. You just got to get to the season, and you know, you just, I mean, like the, the 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 season has ended, and this part is usually the worst part. And I think that he's sort of chilled. A lot of his off-season stuff is sort of chilled. Although that becomes another problem. Is there's no nothing to write about. But like, you just got to get to the season with him, right? And then everything sort of just becomes sort of even and it's nice and then when it ends everything goes to hell again but you know i don't know we'll see how it goes they should be good again either way yeah any yeah, event, no, it yeah. Be fun. so in any event uh, thanks everybody for joining us listening to to this if there's any other news i'm sure uh they'll get this together uh we should probably do more of these too by the way these are always easy and fun this is kind of fun and, i enjoyed this yeah a good chance to to talk to some folks we didn't get much time to do some questions but uh, maybe this uh, spring uh, after the Senior Bowl or something awesome, we can do that. Um, do this again sometime uh, sooner yeah, than later. Maybe we can do a Q and A or something like that. But in any event, all right, I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, for us, I'm Nick. We'll talk to you later. Uh, be good to each other. Mm-hmm.